0: This is Revision Church Atlanta Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Wesley Knight, the lead pastor here at Revision Church Atlanta. Here at RCA, we leverage the power of prayer, personal influence, community development, and love to empower transformation in Christ. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I want to, as the Spirit leads me, preach a word I believe is in due season for this time. I want to take us to Psalm 90, the 90th division of Psalms. Psalms is a collection of poems, prayers, and songs. And I want to take you to Psalm 90. We're going to read verses 14 through 16. And then I'm going to take you over to Genesis chapter 32. Y'all don't mind reading the word today. Mm -hmm. Here's what it says in Psalm 90, 14 through 16 from the English Standard Version. It reads, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. And for as many years as we have seen evil, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to jump over to Genesis, Genesis chapter 32, this first book, the book of beginnings. In Genesis 32, we're going to start in verse 24. If you've been in church for any amount of time Uh, you probably heard this story, but I want you to read it with fresh eyes in the context of what we just read in Psalm 90. It says in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. Hold on to that. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him, listen to this, verse 31, as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket. Because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip Mm -hmm. on the sinew of the thigh. Verse 31, for emphasis, the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Today, I want to preach with the strength that the Lord shall provide Mm -hmm. in the subject, God's greatest hits. God's greatest hits. Hits. Let's pray. Father, if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need you now. So come in your glory. Come in your power. For there are those who are listening today who are weary. Give them strength. There are those, Lord, who are just just befuddled. They're they're beyond themselves. They do not understand what you're doing. God, give them a sense of peace. Yeah. Lord, use this word to correct every wrong idea we have about you. And may we leave this place limping. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. God's greatest hits. While spending a night of Netflix and chill with my wife, we were watching a program We are watching a Networks special about David Foster. Mm -hmm. David Foster, the documentary on him is called Off the Record. In this documentary, you learn something about this great and powerful songwriter who worked with the likes of Chicago. I just... I just spoke to all those who are over 60 right. <laughs> who know the group called Chicago, or maybe if you don't know Chicago, you know Kenny Rogers. I'm mm-hmm. still above 55 or 60. Mm-hmm. Let me drop down to those uh, Gen Xers, Celine Dion, mm-hmm. and Brandy, and Michael Buble, and then of course, spanning all generations, the late but great Whitney Houston. David Foster, this great songwriter Mm -hmm. who was often in the shadows, behind the veil if you will, Mm -hmm. is responsible for writing and producing some of the greatest songs of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. But in 1992, David Foster, after leaving the studio, working all day long into the early morning was leaving his studio, driving to his home in Malibu, California. 2.30 in the morning, he said, he saw something in the road. He was driving way too fast, he admits, and did not have the time and did not have the reaction time or sensitivity to swerve out of the way. Mm -hmm. Seconds before he hit this figure in the road, The arms were extended in the air, and before he could react, boom, his car collided with this figure. He jumped out of the car to look down over into the ravine where he saw this body crumpled over in a fetal position with blood everywhere. He called 911, and there is an actual recording of the 911 call where David Foster is screaming and and pleading in desperation, please help. I think I just killed somebody. As he stood there, not fleeing the scene, but stood there until the ambulance came and the helicopter came, they looked into the body of this, they looked into the pocket and reached into the pocket of this man who was crumpled on the ground. They thought he was dead. They dragged out a body bag until they saw his arm move. Mm. They pulled out the identification only to discover that it was Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen, the the acclaimed and the applauded actor, singer, dancer. Mm -hmm. It was Ben Vereen who David Foster had hit and supposedly killed. He walked away in horror as he had to wrestle with the fact that he had taken the life of this great African-American man by hitting him with his car. But three months later, Three months later, Ben Vereen calls him. He had thought that he had killed him, but three months later, he calls him, and this is what he says to David Foster on the phone. He said, I know you've put out and produced a lot of hits, but that must have been one of your greatest hits. (laughs) He couldn't believe that Ben Vereen would make uh, fun or light of this life-threatening accident. Mm -hmm. But what David Foster did not know is this, that Ben Vereen had wandered into the road that night, not because he was drunk, but because when they took his almost lifeless body to UCLA Hospital, they scanned his body to discover that he had suffered a subdural hematoma. He was bleeding on the brain, thus causing him to act erratically to walk out into the street and be struck by David Foster's car. Mm -hmm. Don't miss this, Mm -hmm. Benverine could make light of it, could, could call the man who hit him because in a real sense, David Foster played a strange role in helping to save Ben Vereen's life. They said that that subdural hematoma would have taken Ben Vereen's life, he would have been dead by 7 a.m. that morning if he had not been taken to the hospital. Don't miss it, he was taken to the hospital so they could discover what was going on inside of him Why? Because David Foster hit him. It was a hit that saved his life. That that which happened to him on the outside revealed something Mm. that was killing him, I'm already preaching, on the inside. And can it be that some of the greatest hits you've ever experienced in life Is that God sent things to bring you pain on the outside, to reveal some things that were killing you softly on the inside. I ain't going to take a whole long to preach this today because the word of God is coming to let you know that some of you have suffered God's greatest hits. Those things that God uses. Those things that God uses to wake you up. Those things that God Uh uses to reveal some things you Uh can't see. Uh Uh Those pains that God uses to bring you to a place of surrender. Uh These are God's greatest hits. What Ben Vereen didn't understand was Uh that that hit revealed what was going on on the inside. And do I have yes. some witnesses that yes. know That God will allow Some things to happen to you So that he can Reveal what's going on Inside Ooh, you Ooh, God! Uh, the greatest threat Watch this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To your blessings Is not your enemy huh. The greatest threat to your blessings Is what you won't face Inside you And this is why the psalmist... I started with Psalm 90 for a reason. Because the psalmist says, Make us glad for as many days as as you afflicted us. Wait, wait just a minute. I'm about to mess up someone's spiritual sensitivity. Mm -hmm. I'm about to mess up with someone's theological equilibrium. Mm -hmm. I'm about to throw you off. Because the reality is, the psalmist says... Make us glad For as many days Uh As you Have afflicted us Don't don't turn me off Don't go to the next broadcast Don't don't click off the TV Don't put away your device I'm reading it right because The psalmist identifies That the culprit For Israel's affliction Is not the enemy But the culprit In this case Is God himself. The prayer is make us glad for as many days as Mm -hmm. you have afflicted us. Mm -hmm. The hit this psalmist is experiencing came from God. God hits us. Mm -hmm. God strikes us. Mm -hmm. God does things to us to reveal what we were dealing with in our lives. And sometimes the culprit is Jehovah. Mm. Uh, I'd like to suggest to you in, in just a moment that you understand this. Affliction is not the same as you being sick or being abused or having some illness. Thank you for clarification. I want you to understand I am not saying, uh, and it is important for you to understand at the outset, I am not saying that God struck you with sickness, sickness to punish you. I'm not saying that your disease is because God wants to show you a lesson. I'm not saying that the abuse you suffered was done by the hand of your loving yes. God. No. There are some things God just won't do. Your molestation or no, no. abuse no, no, is no, no, no. not the hand of God no, or the curse from God, no, but a work of the enemy yes. to destroy your spirit. Yes those things are because evil resides in this world and all of us have had to deal with the results of evil in this world the hit i'm talking about don't miss this the hit i'm talking about is when god hits you with a situation that brings enough Pain Ooh. To reveal something in you yes. Without killing you ha, nah. ha, ha. I, just, hey, I just said something that, 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 that he measures yes. The affliction yes. just enough yes. To reveal what's yes. in you Without killing yes. you uh, If you're not with me Go with me And let us consider the story of Jacob In Genesis 32 mm-hmm. Jacob is alone When a stranger approaches him in the darkness, ah, for God often approaches in the mystery of darkness, he assumes, watch this, Jacob assumes that the stranger has come to hurt him because Jacob is paranoid and you would be paranoid too. For you will always be paranoid when you spend your days hurting people without suffering consequence. Oh, God. So Jacob grabs hold of the stranger because he is paranoid, and they begin to wrestle and fight, the Bible says, all night long. The reason Jacob is paranoid is because he's been hurting his loved ones. And then running away. Wow. Might I submit to you the exegetical evidence here <laughs> that when you read the story of Jacob before chapter 32, you discover that Jacob is a man who is always on the run. Yes. Jacob. Yes. Jacob had a tendency, a <laughs> pattern, if you will of putting his hands on things that did not belong to him and then making a great escape. (laughs) Jacob stole his brother's birthright and his brother's blessing for when his father was about to bless the oldest who was Esau, Uh it was Jacob along with his mother's assistants who stole the blessing from Esau (laughs) so that it could fall on Jacob. He Uh stole the blessing and ran away. Then when he hook, he hooks up with his uncle Laban mm-hmm. and in a real sense ends up getting both Leah and Rachel, mm-hmm. it is here then that he steals his uncle's sheep and then runs away. Jacob had a problem, don't miss this today, with taking things that don't belong to him, and then rather than facing his consequences, he would always run away. What Jacob does not know is that this stranger in in chapter 32 Mm -hmm. is no man, but this is God, wrought in human form. And he is wrestling not with humanity, but with divinity. And when God saw that Jacob had too much fight in him, God hit Jacob in the hip socket. I'm talking about God's greatest hits. God hit Jacob in the hip. God afflicted. Jacob in his hip Because the first thing I want you to understand Is that God always Hits on purpose Mm. God Take note of this God always Hits on purpose Notice if you will that God does Not God this stranger Wrapped in human form In Genesis 32 He's wrestling with Jacob And please note uh, Notice that God does not hit Jacob on his arms, for it is the arms of Jacob that are locked In combat with God. If God wanted to stop the wrestling, all he'd have to do was hit Jacob in his arms, thus releasing him from the grip. But notice he does not hit him in his arms, Mm -hmm. he hits him in his hip. Uh, Y'all still not with me. Notice that God does not hit Jacob in his head. If he had hit him in his head, he would have caused Jacob to lose consciousness, Mm -hmm. thus breaking his hold and Jehovah would be free okay. but he does not hit him in his head yeah. he hits him in his hip yeah. and I wonder today aloud why would God not hit him in his arm to free him <laughs> why would God not hit him in his head to stop him <gasps> why does God hit him in his hip I'm glad you asked yeah. it's because God watch this you need your hips to run Oh and God! hits him on purpose in the place that helped him to run. You can't make a great escape if your hip is broken. You can't get away from your accountability if your hip is broken. God, you better let Holy Ghost, you better preach this. Uh You can't make a great escape if your hip is broken. God hit him in his hip on purpose, yeah. because his hip was what was helping him to keep hurting people. Huh? God hit him on purpose yeah. to stop him from running. Huh? Yeah. God was answering Jacob's prayer. He prayed in Genesis 32 11. Huh? Read it a little bit later. Jacob, before he was alone, called on to God and said, Deliver me from my brother Esau. God heard his prayer, but because we serve such a faithful God, he will interpret the prayer, not the way you prayed it, but the way you need it. Jacob prayed deliver me from Esau yeah. God heard the prayer and say I hear you need deliverance uh-huh. but you don't need deliverance from Esau okay. you need deliverance from yourself Woo. because you keep running from the consequences yeah. of the dumb choices you keep making yeah. and if I'm going to deliver yeah. you I don't see nobody uh. in the chat today but Jehovah said if I'm going to answer your prayer I'm gonna answer answer your prayer according to my wisdom. And my wisdom says, you don't need deliverance from Esau. Uh You need deliverance from running. Uh, And if I'm going to deliver you from running, I've got to hit you in your hip. I'm going to hit you on purpose. Uh I'm going to hit you so you can stop escaping. I'm going to hit you so you can stop making excuses. I'm going to hit you so you can stop running. is there anybody here who's crazy enough yeah. to praise god that his greatest hits happen on purpose hallelujah yeah. he said i'm yeah. going to deliver you but yeah. i'm going to deliver you from you yeah. <laughs> Cause you don't need deliverance from them You need deliverance from you You don't need to talk about your haters Let's talk about you You don't need to talk about their dysfunction Let's talk about you You don't need to blame them for you not succeeding Let's talk about you And since you gonna put your hands on me Jacob I'm gonna put my hands on you And I'm gonna hit you on purpose Oh God! Huh? If you're still with me, put it in the chat. Yes, yes. say yes. yes. His greatest hits is when he hits you. Watch this on purpose, because his hits are always purposeful. Mm, stay with oh, that's me. It. Yeah. His hit. Watch this. I'm still in the text. His hit is really a touch. Don't miss it. Um. I've been using the word hit intentionally, purposefully, if you will. I know, I know that the Bible says he touched him on the hip. But the reason I say hit is because of our human predilection to, uh, to, uh, to kind of deem what God does in a way different than he intends. Oh uh-huh. I've been using the word hit yeah. intentionally because that's what we assess yes. as his touch. Yes. Uh, You're gonna get it in a minute, huh? Yes. I've been using the word hit because mm-hmm. that's the language we describe yes. and our attitude yes. in response uh-huh. to how God touches us. Mm-hmm. It was not a hit. It was a touch. Wow. Um. Uh, it was a touch for you see not every act of God that brings you pain is intended for pain. Intention is the key yes. for understanding the purpose mm-hmm. of the pain mm-hmm. so that the Bible says he touches him touch. but Jacob feels hit. Oh, boy. He touches him, uh-huh. but Jacob feels pain. You're going to get yes. it in a minute. He touches him, yes. but it does more to Jacob so that he begins to assess that the enemy was trying to hurt him wow. when in reality this stranger was trying to help him. Okay, okay, let me, let me let me illustrate. So 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 our daughter Asia is now a senior in college. Our son is a freshman in college. But Asia when she was little, she had this pattern, if you will. Uh, you know how your kids are different? She had this pattern of wanting to walk on the edge, the curb of the road. If we were ever walking by a street or a busy avenue, she she was the child who would get as close to the curb as possible. Now, Johnny would stay close. He was just a careful dude. So, he would stay close in the middle of the sidewalk, but Asia, a lot, a lot like me, liked to get close to the curb. And I remember one day we were walking Uh, And we were walking downtown uh, in this particular city. And as we were walking downtown, she got away from us and got close to the edge. The cars were coming by and Stephanie reached out and grabbed her arm. And I remember Asia yelled out, Mama, you're hurting me. (laughs) What she did not understand was that Mama was not trying to hurt her. Uh Mama was trying to help her. She, watch this, she assessed the grabbing of her arm Ah. as a punishment for doing wrong. Somebody gonna get this today. But what she didn't understand was her mother saw impending danger. While she was just trying to experience freedom, huh. and the Ma and Stephanie had to reach out and grab her arm. Yeah. Watch this—it was just a grab, not a hit. Uh-huh. She says, "You hurt me," but Stephanie was saying, "No, I helped you." Yeah. She said yeah, yeah, that yeah. brought me pain, yeah. but Stephanie was saying, "No, girl, I just saved your life." Yeah. And don't you know that's just how Jehovah does with you, you and God, when God brings pain into uh-huh, your life. Uh-huh. You said, God, why me? Yeah. You said, God, why'd you hit me? Yes. He said, I didn't hit you. I grabbed you. Why? You said, God, why did you let that happen to me? Uh-huh. Greatest touches. We call it a hit, a blow, a punishment because of the pain it caused. But the pain, watch this, is not from what he did to you. Oh. Write this down, it comes from where he touched you. Ah, oh, no. now that's a whole Come on, come on, come on now. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Stay with me, stay with me. The pain is not from what God did to you. I know he okay, touched you. Okay, but okay. it's not from what he did to you. Okay. It comes from where, where he, touched he touched you. you? Oh, yeah, he touched him cool. in the socket of his hip. Mm. For us, it was not our hip he touched. Who okay. He touched your personal pattern Ooh. of dealing with life uh-huh. the way you've been dealing with life. And that's what brought you pain. In other words, it's not that we don't like that God touches us. It's just that we don't like him to touch us, to touch our patterns of self-sufficiency. And so the reason it brings us pain is because where he touched. If He had just touched... Places of blessing we would be yeah, okay be all right. But we don't like oh, I'm talking to somebody uh-huh. today When he touches our places Of self-sufficiency We don't like when he touches Our place of independence yeah. We yeah. don't like when he touches Those places that are off limits To him mm-hmm. We don't like when he touches right. those places That we don't like to talk about okay. We don't like him to touch the places That make us ah. Uh, Functionally dysfunctional <laughs> we don't like him to touch those places and we get an attitude with God because we asked him to deliver us and then when he touches us the painful purpose he's working in our lives yeah. begins to bother us I'm preaching I yeah, hope you you're are. hearing yes, you we pray for God to touch certain areas of our lives but then he touches it And we feel more pain than we do relief. Uh, Am I talking to anybody out there who can be real today? That we've been asking God, touch me. God touched my finances. Uh God touched my marriage. God touched the relationship. Uh God touched my mind. Uh God touched me as I'm going back to school. And how many real people, I'm not talking about fakes. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about those who put on a religious pretense. Can I holler through the screen at somebody who's real today? Are there some real people who know you can ask God to touch whatever it is you're asking him to touch, and you'll end up feeling more pain Uh than you do relief. I'm yeah. going to wait on the real yeah, ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are my real ones at? Uh-huh. Uh, where, where you felt more pain than relief. Here's why. Because God is touching it to reveal something. Ooh, God? We pray God touch my marriage yeah. And then we get Hold on y'all And then we get mad When he touches your selfishness uh-huh. And reveals to you The reason the marriage ain't working yeah. Is because you are too focused On what you want yeah. Rather than what your spouse needs From you uh-huh. We pray God touch my finances uh-huh. Increase my territory yeah. Put more money in my bank uh-huh. And then we get mad When he touches us to reveal we're just not good with money. We are not returning a faithful tithe, we don't invest anything in his kingdom, we spend frivolously without thinking, and then we want God to give us more? We pray, God, touch my career, and then we feel the pain when God begins, I don't see nobody now, revealing that our priorities are off, and that we're dealing more with trying to climb the corporate ladder we are investing in our families and our Uh self-development. We pray, God, touch my children. And then we feel the pain when God reveals to us parents that our children are so full of fear because you raised them in fear. And they have no ability to cope Jesus. With life's vicissitudes, because you nurse them on your pain rather than parenting them out of your p- I'm talking oh, to somebody today, God. and that's why some of us don't like the touch of God because it hurts. But can I free you today? Thank it God. only hurts because it's your hip, <laughs> it only hurts because he hits your pattern. It only hurts because he's dealing with your pathology. It only hurts because he's dealing with you before he changes them. And I just want to holler under God today, thank you for this kind of pain because this kind of pain uh, has a purpose Uh, this kind of pain brings about transformation this kind of pain makes me trust you more it only hurts uh, because it's my hip hip. it only hurts because it's my pattern it only hurts uh, because it's my pathology but i gave him permission when i gave him my life change me, yeah. he's got to deal with my hip. Oh God. oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. He touches the place you depend on the most so that you can learn to depend on him the most. I just said something. I, I just said something. He touches the place you depend on the most. That's why it hurts most. That's why you're squealing and and that's why you're squirming and and that's why you don't feel like praying. I'm talking some real ones. He touches the place where it hurts the most. That's why you're tempted to give up on him. Uh-huh. That's why you don't yeah. feel like praying. Yeah, that's yeah. why you got an attitude with yeah, God. Yeah. That's why you don't turn your back. Uh, that's why you are ignoring him. Yeah. That's why you are not answering his calls. On, that's mom, why man. you put him, that's why you put him, uh, uh, you ghosted God, ah. you ghosted the Holy Ghost ah. because he hit you in the pattern ah. that you've been subsisting on for all these years. I but I came in the name of our liberating Lord, our wonderful Redeemer, our gifted Savior, to tell you your greatest gift. You want to thank God for this Thanksgiving Uh is that he hit you on purpose in the place where it hurt the most Uh so that you can learn to trust him more. Oh God, can I preach it like I feel it? Can I push it a little bit further? I'm almost through. Watch this. When God touches you, you often lose something. Now now I want you to get this because we got it all wrong when it comes to and this is why they the old adage is true. Be careful what you pray for. It doesn't mean you ought to pray you ought not pray it does not mean you shouldn't ask for big things yeah. what it means is manage your expectation so that it's in alignment with his revelation manage your expectation so that it's in alignment with his revelation what do you mean preacher huh that uh when i ask god to touch the word of god reveals when he touches He often subtracts before he adds. Uh For when Jehovah touched Jacob, he did not give him strength. Uh When he touched Jacob, he took strength. Uh, I know, I know. I know i'm messing i'm messing with your theology i'm messing with your understanding of how this works but i'm about to free you today yeah. because you've been asking god to touch and then when he does touch uh-huh. you miss the blessing yeah. because you thought the blessing was addition when in reality the oh, blessing was subtraction boy, oh, the blessing was not that he was adding to you Ooh. the blessing was that he was subtracting from oak oh, subtract <laughs> i'm saying that god will touch you with a painful situation Uh that is intended to reveal something in you Uh that is bringing you further pain. And so the thing that you are feeling in your body is not to be compared Uh with the thing that's going on in your spirit. So God will use a hit like he did with Ben Vereen so that yes. he can get you under spiritual discovery yes. so that he can scare not your body but your spirit yes. to show that you're bleeding in your spirit ah. to show that you've got some character flaw that you've gotten by over the last yeah, 20 yeah, years yeah, 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 to yeah. reveal to you something that was silently killing you on the inside because watch this affliction Is often revelation. It is revealing that God has got something He's trying to get out of you so that He can deliver you from you. Because if you don't get delivered from you, you will never be the you God intended you to be. Who, God? God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is why the psalmist says make me to be glad yes. all the days according to your affliction ah, because, yes. because every day I'm afflicted yes. is every day I'm growing yes. <laughs> every Blessing had already been given. His blessing was his lamp. <laughs> Hallelujah. You around here asking for your blessing, and he said, I already blessed you. You praying more. You asking for your blessing, and he said, I already blessed you. You trusting more. You asking for for your blessing. And he says, I already blessed you. I addressed your dysfunction. Ah. You asking for your blessing, he said, the pain you feel, the nights you've cried, the times you had to get on your knees, and your knees were not enough, and I put you on your face, and you lay prostrate before me. He said, that was the blessing, because that blessing allowed me to change your name. That blessing allowed me to perfect your character. that blessing allows you to become everything God wants you to be so then in conclusion as I read Psalm 90 I was disturbed when I saw the psalmist say make me glad for as many days as you have afflicted me I had an attitude with God I went to him I said I thought the enemy afflicted What business if yours do you have afflicting your own children? Until he told me, no, you got to understand, a human being wrote this. It was a human being who thought that my touch was affliction. That I was trying to hurt when I was really trying to help. You've got to understand that I'm trying to get you to come to a place where you love your limp because your limp is your receipts uh-huh. that you've been with God and live to tell about it? The Bible says Jacob limped away, he walked into the night, yes. but he limped into the morning, yeah. he walked into the battle, yeah. but he limped out of the battle. He walked into his presence, but he limped out of his presence. And I want to let you know what will unlock your Thanksgiving this week, this month, this year, next year. Here it is and I'm through. Uh What unlocks Your thanksgiving and your praise is when you understand why he hit you. When you understand why the pain came. When you understand why you've been afflicted. The reason some of you can't praise him is because you don't understand him. You don't understand why he did it. But I've walked with him. In fact, I've walked with him long enough till I started limping from him. Ah. I walked with him long enough to understand every pain. Was to reveal something he was doing in me. Watch this. So if I've got the pain. Uh The pain is proof. That I'm still being worked on. And if I don't feel pain. Then that means that maybe I'm not submitting myself. Mm -hmm. To God to have his way. That means every pain. Is potential praise. I praise him. Because if I feel the pain working on me. If I feel the strain, that means he's still perfecting me. If I feel the struggle, that means he's still working on me. And is is there anybody here who's saying, God, help me to love my limp. My limp is my receipt. My limp means he's still not done with me. My limp means he's dealing with my patterns. He's dealing with my proclivities. He's making me over. And he's changing my name. And can I tell you, as I let you go, ain't nobody walking into the kingdom. When Jesus comes back in all his splendor and glory, ain't nobody walking through those pearly gates. No. No, you ain't gonna walk in but you sure will limp in every believer yeah. is gonna limp through uh-huh. why? because your limp means you're leaning uh-huh. on the everlasting on the arms your limp uh-huh. means he's dealt with your patterns yeah. your limp means he's got you to the place where you learn, you learn to walk like Jesus hey. cause Jesus limped too yeah. he limped all the way up Calvary yes he he was limping so hard yeah. he couldn't even carry his own cross. Oh he limped until he got to the top, yeah. and God hit him on purpose. Yeah. For the Bible says yeah. that it proves him to bruise him. Yeah. But we praise God yeah. that Jesus. Led, Jesus bled on that cross so that when he got up early Sunday morning with resurrection power, Power. he said, I'm going to deliver you from you. And the greatest hit brings the greatest benefit for the greatest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God's greatest hits. Are for our greatest benefit. Yes, Lord. So let's give him greatest praise. Amen. Amen. My prayer. Yes. Is that we learn to love our limb. Mm-hmm. That this Thanksgiving. Here's your yes. assignment. Yes. Around the table. Mm-hmm. Rather than just asking or thanking God for health. And strength. More money. Promotion on the job. Huh. Why don't you, huh, around the table this Thanksgiving? Yes. Why don't you testify about your limp? Oh my God. Why don't you thank him? For the limp. For the limp. Why don't you thank him for the places he touched you? Yes, Lord. That felt like he hit you. Mm-hmm. When he was really just trying to deliver you. Oh, glory to this Thanksgiving, why don't we thank him? Not just for the money in the bank, but why don't we thank him for his mercy in the pain? Thank you. That he revealed something that was silently killing you so that he could do surgery on you yes. and fix the internal bleeding. Thank you, Jesus. God's greatest hit uh-huh. is when he uses things yes, Lord. to reveal what's inside you, thank you Lord. so that you can invite him in. To fix you. Thank you, Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Yes, it is. We praise God for his greatest hits. To reveal his love for his children. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't have grabbed you like that. Mm -hmm. If if he didn't love you, he wouldn't have pulled you back like that. I I, I know it hurt you, but it was really to help you. Mm -hmm. And during this season... During this time, I know I've been talking to somebody who's been struggling with God because you didn't like the way he touched you. But the only reason you didn't like it is because he touched you in a place that was sensitive, a place that you've been depending on, a place, watch this, of your own idolatry, a place of your own self-sufficiency. That's why you didn't like it. It's not the force of the touch. It's the location. But he did it on purpose to answer your prayer to deliver you from you. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for grabbing us. Thank you for reaching out and making contact with us in the places of our sabotaging patterns. God, thank you for touching us in the places that were silently, silently, killing us. Thank you God for hitting us in the places where we were getting by but not growing in you. We thank you for these purposeful, these purposeful touches. God we know that you did not intend pain, you intended gain. But God we would confess that we have often assessed your touches as some kind of divine violence against us, Mm -hmm. as if you were trying to punish us rather than than perfect us. Father God, change our mind. Mm -hmm. Help us to realize. Help us to understand and even appreciate that you have touched us not out of your wrath, but out of your kindness, your loving kindness towards us. So, God, we pray in the words of the psalmist, psalmist, make us glad. Make us glad, Make us glad for every day that we were touched, that we were afflicted, that we were uh, taken into painful situations. For every pain is potential for praise. Thank you, Jesus, for caring about us enough to touch us in places that help to develop us, in Thank Jesus' name. You, Jesus. And for those of you who are hearing today, maybe you're saying, "I need, I, I need God to to touch me. I need to give. I want to give my life to Him in such a way that I give Him permission to touch my hip, Amen. the place that has been enabling me." To do things that are sabotaging my own destiny. The things that are allowing me to get away from accountability. And and the things that are getting me out of consequence. I want to be changed by his touch. I want to give him the opportunity to be not just my savior, but my Lord. To not just save me from things, but to save me from myself. Every self destructive pattern, everything that I do that hurts somebody else. And if that's you, if that's you, and you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus, or I want to join this church, I want to be part of Revision, this church, this community that is open to, that welcomes, that praises God for these greatest hits when He does these miraculous things. You want to give your life to Jesus, or you want to join this church. We want you. We're going to put it up on the screen even now so that you can answer. Just text Jesus to the number on the screen. Just text Jesus to the number on the screen saying, Lord, I I want you. I want you. I want to give you permission to do every good and perfect work in my life. I give you permission to touch the places that are hurting me the most. And that God, even if you subtract, I know you do it so that you can add what's best for me. You're saying, I want you to touch my life. I want you to be over my life. I want you to change my life. Either you're joining the church or you're saying, I want to I want to be in the next baptism. We've got one plan coming up soon. You're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus publicly as a sign that he is both my Lord and my liberator. He is my savior and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. If that's you, if that's you, just text Jesus to the number on the screen. Even now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the decisions being made in homes and in apartments and cars. And as people are walking outside, we thank you. We thank you for the decisions that are being made. Those who are watching this, not even live, but will watch it this week, who will experience salvation. Lord, seal every decision and change every mind that we might thank you for every time you touch us. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you are being blessed by this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us. You can give through our website at revisionchurchatlanta.org slash give, or if you're local to Atlanta, Georgia, sign up to join a revision volunteer team by texting CREW to 833-406-0775. That's CREW, C-R-E-W, to 833-406-0775. We hope you Have a phenomenal week.